Hello, this is episode 174 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha Riley. I was drawn to record this podcast as a follow-on from the one on what inspires me. It won't be as long, I promise. This has been an issue for me since the beginning. In a way, I opened the Homework Club, offering a range of services people needed in order so people would arrive for help. I just didn't explain how we were going to help or that we weren't a grind school. In a way, as my projects have developed over the years, I've become less prepared to compromise and do what others expect rather than what I feel is needed for humanity. I do still offer services under headings that people seek, such as homeschooling, the whole range of labels and conditions that exist in the world, such as Asperger's syndrome, ADHD, dyslexia, and so on, even though I always say that labels equals limitations. And there's also themes of anxiety, depression, and school refusal. There's a sense in many ways as not only acting as a mentor to the students, but a mediator to the families. But the truth is, I'm not sure that even the people I work with can agree on what I do. And this is part of the reason why I ask people to write in their own words. And I expect that many don't write testimonials because they don't know what to say. But the ones that do express what I've done for their families and the sort of longevity of the relationship that develops and the continuity and the level of just communication. I once asked people for a job title and these were the people who had worked with me and the suggestions ranged from wizard to mentor and mind reader featured quite a bit too. What I do is explain to people who they are and what they need and how they need to change their patterns to get results. Whatever those results are, they can be learning to read, returning to education, a new job, a total change of career, leaving their bedroom again. There are many things I don't talk about, such as their relationships with themselves, their health, their marriages, their choices to start a family, their need to end relationships, how to deal with past abuse. But all of those are in the mix. Because once you're confident, as one person put it, I build confidence in people from the ground up. Once we have this, we have the tools to change everything. I'm not a fan of learning assessments. I have three of them. They just tell me what I'm bad at. There's never a box that tells me how to achieve what I specifically need as the personality that I am to do that. They all project what's not possible for me, all of which I've proven to be wrong at this stage. And that's actually one of the biggest problems I have. No one expects you to do well, not even your parents. And it's the biggest hurdle I have to overcome. It's one of the biggest reasons why I don't present the backstory to the teaching team, because I let everybody start fresh. And sometimes the parents will say, oh, but you know they have such and such. And they'll be like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's fine. They're, you know, we'll just get on with it. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges, that many parents believe what they're told about their children. And they believe what isn't possible for them. And that's happening at younger and younger ages now. 
And there is an aspect because I work globally. I start to see in certain countries now that that's a bigger deal. Like, for instance, in Australia, I have seen some horrific results of assessments where students have been told that they'll never amount to anything. And in the same way, the borderline cases like in Ireland and the UK and in Australia, they don't seem worth offering support to. And yet, those are the ones that are easiest to help. But we've become very obsessed with putting people in boxes and categories and you having to be in a certain category to warrant help. But the US is one of the places I find it most difficult to get a result. And many people are presented with an educational development plan, which really just looks like a dead-end road. And I find that a lot of excuses are made for not finding time in the schedule to do very simple exercises that I can get people to do quite effortlessly in other countries. And much of that, for me, is down to the fact that they see no point in doing those exercises. They don't see that it's going to be possible to learn how to do skills that they haven't been able to do up until now. They really just don't believe you. Developing word patterns in a new way will help you to genuinely read and to spell slightly differently. Maybe not always perfectly, but enough to function very well and especially with assistive technology. But I think the root reality is that there's so much historically based around literacy, especially in terms of racism, the people don't ever feel they're going to be good enough. There's huge connotations in the US to do with literacy and our perceptions of how good or bad people are based on whether they can read. And I'm watching the majority of the insults that are dished out at the moment will always come back to, oh, well, you can't read a page out loud. Or it'll take you so much longer to read something. And I know that in Singapore, that if you don't achieve the sort of milestones and you end up having an assessment, that that will limit you to moving schools and it will automatically make it compulsory for you to do a course that may or may not necessarily help you to overcome the challenges, but you'll have been stigmatised for life. So in many ways, what I do is I'm a translator of humans. The reasons we don't achieve are so much bigger than the label, but the real challenge for me is that I always aim for you to continue growing long after we've crossed paths, whether that's with or without me. And then I needed to find a way to do this for people when I didn't even exist. And so I create experiences or journeys. I create ways for you to see patterns and question them yourself, both as patterns in yourself, but also in the world around you. And on the difficult days right now, I remind myself there are people that I have never met or never spoken to who are cruising this current storm in humanity just from reading my books. I've watched their whole lives reach a balance point where they can cope with anything. There are people who started listening to my podcast, just like you, and reached out for help. And the biggest word back to me about my students by the parents is that they're really happy. It's as simple really as that. Why can't the world be happy, content, whole? And then I watch some of my teens embark on their first love and intimacy without any of the skewed projections of our current world. It's not exactly what parents think about when they ask you to help them to learn how to read or dispel or to do well in maths. They don't expect them to not need medication for mental illness or ADHD. 
they don't expect them to rise above all of the limitations in their reports and the assessments. They don't expect to scrap the educational development plan that hasn't got them going anywhere. But how do you explain that to people? How do you explain that self-understanding and building a core can take you so far?